listen. Friendship. Entertainment. Episode 4 of Get Super on the Cinema 7 Network with your host, Mario. Thank you, Francis. That is my new podcast assistant for this episode, Francis. And Francis doesn't yell at me like some other podcast. Oh yeah, baby, guess who's back, bitch, dot, it's Al. And Mario, fuck you. Again, I run this. God damn it, Al, I told you you were fired. What? Francis, why did you let him in? Damn it. No, fuck you, Al. Okay, I fired you last episode. How dare you come back and call me a bitch and tell me that you run this. I run this. This is my podcast. I got to redo this intro now with no podcast assistant. These text-to-speech, these AI-generated, I mean, these real people who I get as podcast hosts, how could they? I I, I give, I pay them, I make them the host, and the, the not the host, I'm the host. I'm the host. This is my podcast. How dare they come on here and insult me? Especially, Francis, Francis, I just hired you. And you come on here and you bring back Al. Al, I fired Al last week. I got, I got to, I got to redo it. I got to redo it. Shush. To listen. Friendship. Entertainment. Hey everybody, welcome to Get Super with Mario. That's me, I'm your host, Mario B. And this is uh, Get Super on Cinema 7. And I keep Cinema 7 around because you never know when the fellows want to do something with the podcast again, if they ever, I don't know, but I keep it going. No podcast assistant this episode, but uh, that song is Land of Confusion by Disturbed, in case you wanted to know. Uh, Last episode, I talked about underrated movies. I kind of want to continue this trend because I saw Drag Me to Hell, which I think is very underrated, is on Netflix. It it looks like they just added it to Netflix, I guess. Uh, if you like the Evil Dead movies, if you like Cabin in the Woods, if you like Don't Breathe or It Follows, I think you'll like Drag Me to Hell. I also saw Netflix had another one of those uh, game-like animated Resident Evil movies. Uh, those Netflix Resident Evil movies are... Really ridiculous to me, though they are getting better with each one. The animation, I think, just throws me off. You know, another underrated movie I saw on Netflix is the first Hulk movie with Eric Bana. I love that movie. I think of it as an art film. I love the cinematography. I love the scene transitions. There's hardly any score in a lot of scenes. I just, I like it, and I love it to this day. I like a lot of the early to late 2000 Marvel movies. I, I think they're good. To, to me, they're good. Uh, as a kid, teenager, 
uh, watching those, especially with a dad who loves comic book heroes uh, when they came out. You know, I grew up with the 90s X-Men cartoon, the 90s animated Spider-Man. I talked about this before. Um, so I was, I was hype and excited every time I watched them, especially Fantastic Four 2005, Link. But, you know, Netflix has a lot of movies, which is, which is good for me, uh, just to put on sometimes when I'm doing other chores or what have you. HBO Max or just Max now is, has become very disappointing after COVID. Uh, it's super disappointing at the moment for me now. Uh, I can never find anything on Max that I want to rewatch or, or watch. Uh, the Predator movies are on Max, though, so it gets a pass somewhat for that. I really don't watch, like, home improvement shows unless it's Tiny House related. Uh, I love the Tiny House stuff. I don't care for baking competitions or reality TV. Maybe I just don't have the the uh, partner or significant other that makes me want to watch those shows. But I think Max needs to step up the content. Now, the only reason I have Peacock is for WWE events and the old WWE content uh, or like WCW or ECW stuff, even though it's hard to watch ECW stuff because they change the music and bleep out a bunch of stuff. Um, but other than that, I mean, Paramount doesn't get a lot of updates here and there. They'll get some new movies and things. Uh, I don't know. I'm just not into uh, a lot. On uh, Peacock. Did I say Paramount or did I, did I say Peacock? I meant Peacock. Though Paramount, I think I'm going to upgrade for the Showtime shows because I, I love Paramount. Uh, I love the Star Trek shows on there. Paramount also has movies on there that I can watch. If you look on there right now, the, the Paw Patrol Mighty movies on Paramount. And uh, if, if anyone is interested, it's on the front page. Now, I'm not going to talk about or get into the South Park uh, Panderverse at this time. There's, there's a lot of opinions around that, so I'm not going to get into it, especially my opinions, because uh, while it was funny, I do have mixed feelings about it. JFK with the Doctor's Saw is on there. It's like a docu-series or a documentary about what all these doctors who worked on or we're close to the uh, JFK autopsy on the Hulu, I guess. Since I'm talking about uh, all these uh, streaming apps, uh, Hulu's a a go-to most of the time these days for me. Uh, on Hulu, I'm usually watching stuff at night or before I fall asleep, uh, or having shows on in general when I fall asleep. I like having something on when I fall asleep, so Hulu's my go-to for that. I don't have Apple products, really, so I don't have, you know, an Apple... I still have an Apple ID, but I don't have, like, I, I don't really have Apple TV. I kind of use it off of someone else's in the family uh, when I want to watch stuff. And um, it seems like they have a lot of content that I haven't explored yet, so I do want to get on Apple TV and watch some stuff. My friends have been recommending uh, Ted Lasso for a while. They, that they all believe I, I would like it because it's funny and goofy, but it has some heart to it. I did watch a little bit of The Foundation on there. I'll have to get on there and, and uh, catch up. Speaking of The Foundation, like sci-fi shows, The Expanse, I really need to catch up on. I haven't watched it since like season one or season two. 
I don't even remember. I might have to just rewatch it from the beginning, I think. It, it seems like the streaming prices are constantly going up these days, and I feel like that needs to stop. At some point, you might as well just get cable or direct TV again uh, at this point, where eventually, if the prices continue to rise more, you, you might as well invest in um, Hulu Live or something, or get the the Disney, Hulu, ESPN bundle. I mean, that right there could probably fill up a good amount monthly. Crunchyroll has been a place I've been visiting a lot lately. Uh, if you're into anime and have Crunchyroll, I suggest you watch uh, Fair End, Beyond Journey's End. I recommended it last week, but I just got to episode 8, and it is so good. There are 10 episodes available to watch at the moment, and I suggest if you like anime, if you like fantasy type stuff like Sword Art or um, Shield Hero, uh, those type of fantasy animes, or even um, My Witch Academia or, uh, you know, things, things like that, that that have emotions or feeling behind it in anime, I think you'll really like this because it's it's um it's emotional it's captivating uh it it has heart it feels epic uh it, it's really good and that like i said it's called uh freren freren i can't even i don't even know if i'm saying it right but it's beyond journey's end and it's uh if you type in f r i e r e n you'll see it right away kind of running through this so i i'm not really uh getting a lot of conversation out of this. I guess I should maybe talk about some video games or something I've been playing. I, I played Pokemon Scarlet. I just beat the uh, DLC, the Teal Mask. The second part of that comes out, I think, in December or January. I, I can't remember. Um, it's interesting to play Pokemon in your 30s, especially when you played it when it first came out, when you were 8 or 9, you know. I've been playing Pokemon pretty much my whole life almost. Collecting the cards when I was a kid. I don't do that anymore. Though Pokemon cards are coming back. They're a big, big thing. I wish I never got rid of my Pokemon cards or lost them. I, I wish I could remember what I did with them. Because I had a holographic first edition Charizard. I swear to God, I had it. Anyway, Pokemon Scarlet. I, I, really, I really dig these open world Pokemon games. I just wish there was more to them because they're so easy now as an adult. Maybe for a kid, they're, they're more difficult because of how open they are. I, I guess because you get like experience and, and you can get rare candies from the raid battles. Uh, you can just level up your Pokemon that way. It's, it's much easier to level up your Pokemon than it used to be, especially Eevee training. EV training nowadays is so much easier. As a kid, I didn't even know what it was. And when I found out what it was in my teenage years, I thought that was too hard and too ridiculous. I think I'm going to be playing Pokemon until the day I die, to be honest. But it, it's an okay uh, DLC. I, I, I would just wait to buy it until the next DLC comes out. Because if you play through this, you're going to be wanting more or you're going to be already super tired of Pokemon. Uh, now, in the new DLC, I want to say this. it's They just give you the legendary. 
Now I remember in red and blue. Okay, I I some one time I wasted my master ball on a Moltres because you used to be able to catch the the original birds in that game, and it, it wasn't given to you. It was hard once you found them, and sometimes I I didn't get them all. But when I use that master ball, when you get to Mewtwo, it is not easy catching them with regular balls, and they don't just give you Mewtwo like they do now with the new Pokemon with the new legendaries. It's kind of like, hey, throw your ball to catch the Pokemon, or or even in the raids, you can just catch your Pokemon at the end of the raids. It, I, I don't know. It was not easy back in the day. I don't know how to express that enough. I remember one time when I did waste the Master Ball and I got the Mewtwo and I couldn't catch him, I legit started the game all all over just to get my way back to Mewtwo to catch him. And sometimes... You had to save it right before you battled Mewtwo so that if you killed him or if you didn't get him, you'd just keep trying. And it's funny, um, I was just talking about silver and gold because my friend, uh, he said silver and gold was his favorite Pokemon. He never knew about the cloning thing in the PC where if you drop a Pokemon in the PC, you save it and you turn it off before it finishes saving, you get two of that Pokemon, like you, you clone them, basically. He didn't know about that. And that was fascinating to me because I thought everybody knew about that. My favorite Pokemon though was Ruby and Sapphire. Those are my those were my favorite Pokemon games. Though Red and Blue and Gold and Silver have a special place in my heart. I remember playing Silver or getting it after Yellow, and it was um, I don't know it, the way the feeling I had was it's unmatched. The same when I got Ruby and Sapphire. It's it's, it's unmatched now. I was just talking about streaming apps and, and all the shows and things I watch on there, and then I jumped to Pokemon. It's, it's my brain. I apologize. It's funny, too. Um, I saw a video that was, they were asking people what Pokemon fans are the most toxic, and everyone said Charizard. I resent that, okay? I'm a Charizard diehard, okay? And the most toxic Pokemon fans are the water Pokemon. Okay, if you pick a water Pokemon first, you're toxic. Get off the Charizard fans back. I do want to apologize if I sound spitty or uh, if it seems like I have a lot of spit in my mouth. I just had hot pickles as a snack and then I ate a devil dog and then I had some iced tea. I guess I shouldn't apologize because it was delicious. In other news... I finally got my friends to play Sentinels of the Multiverse. It's a card tabletop board game. I really like it. It's uh it's superhero based. Uh there's it comes with 10 superhero decks. There's four villains to choose from and I think it comes with four environments. Uh I, I don't really feel like going over how it works completely, but you pick a hero deck, you all work together to defeat the villain deck. And then the environment cards help, basically kind of help the villain deck and help uh, stop you from doing a lot of things. So you basically are fighting the villain deck and the uh, environment deck with your hero cards. I did do a test run of it uh, before with my friends Matt, Brandon, Laura, Steven. And I it, we were kind of just figuring out, but then when I played with Chris, John, and George... Uh, we kind of got more into more into it and and understood it more and and it was a little more fun because 
we weren't i mean it was fun before but that we were just mostly figuring out where this one we kind of you know uh, understood it more i guess so it was is more immersive uh i think marvel has a game just like it called marvel champions it's like a deck building game type of thing that's similar to it where you're you're all cooperatively defeating a villain at least i think it's marvel champions that's the one that people online seem to mostly relate to it i also played with john chris and george the blockbuster party game I also played this before with Matt, Laura, and Brandon, and Steven, and it, it was more fun with more people, but it was cool to, to finally get John, Chris, and George to, to uh, play this game. There is a uh, how to play this video on YouTube if you own the game, because it doesn't really come with instructions, or mine didn't, uh, because... There's a place we have called Roll With It. It's like a board game cafe place that does trivia and and you can go do board game meetups and things like that. And uh, I won a trivia one night and because I got a perfect score, um, I got to pick a game and I got a gift card, which I used the gift card already to get milkshakes and stuff because they have delicious chocolate milkshakes. But I picked out this blockbuster game. I mean, I, I tried to pick out two other games, but there are missing pieces. And I ended up with this game, which I'm glad I got because uh, it's almost, it's basically movie charades. And I, I really want to play the how to play it video, but I won't because I think that'd take up too much time and nobody wants to hear an instructional video on how to play this game. But it's a cool party game. The more the merrier. Uh, three on three is probably best. Uh, but it's really fun. If you love movies, you see a lot of movies, you go to movie theaters often, or just in general love film, uh, I think you will really like this party game to play with your friends. I enjoy it. I also got bored and I built two new magic decks because I play Magic the Gathering. Uh, John Kenoki also got me into Digimon, so I made a quick Digimon deck uh, he gave me some cards to use for that. Um, Digimon is fun. It's usually ju- it's just 1v1, I guess. Uh, you can't do multiple people in a match. Uh, it, it goes quicker sometimes. And it's um, not as aggravating. You, you are not... Um, let's say if you're a blue player in Magic. Or if you are a red player in magic you can destroy a lot you can counter a lot right if you're a blue player you counter if you're red you destroy you do damage it's not one very one sided you you can easily make a comeback you know it, it's it is random but it's also strategic in how you play like it it, it's just, it was just very fresh playing digimon uh it's, it like i said it was very easy going it wasn't aggravating um, but the two decks I made in Magic, I made a Rebel deck, which is going to be Rebel Token, so I'm going to try to make that work. And um, I made a... Street Fighter came out with these cards I bought a couple years ago, or a few years ago now. And I got this uh, Guile card, and he's the commander. So I, whatever cards I had, I put together real quick to make this deck. And uh, it's probably going to be really janky and suck, but going to see if it works. I made my friend Joey a Zangief deck with Zangief. He really likes it, so 
hopefully, you know, we all eventually get Street Fighter commanders. Uh, so far, we're all trying to get Transformer card commanders. I have a Goldbug deck, but I might sell it. Uh, I'm also going to sell my Ninja deck, which I don't really use. I was trying to drop these podcast episodes for Get Super every Monday, like record them Sunday, drop them Monday. But, you know, when you have ADHD, you you, you deal with depression, um, you kind of put things off. And so it seems like I'm now getting to them in the middle of the week versus the first two episodes were on Mondays. So I apologize for that. Now I am starting a new job soon, so I will have to figure out a schedule to drop these. And I still intend to put one out every week. If you are listening, I just wanted to give a heads up. If you're not listening, then I'm talking to the ether and it's just therapeutic for me to do this. Which, if nobody's listening, I mean, whatever. I'm, I'm, this is my journal. This is me talking about things I like. Uh, this is me getting it out there, whether it's mental health or just my opinion on movies or entertainment or what have you. You know, I tried the whole get famous thing with Cinema 7, use that as a platform to do bigger things with my friends or have like a whole rooster teeth thing. Um, it didn't pay off. You know, I, I tried or Sparkberry, Sparkberry Entertainment, which I went hard in the paint and I got overwhelmed because I was the only one really doing stuff with it. And I had a group of people that were wanted to do stuff, but didn't really commit. So, you know, I, I, I tried multiple times and uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm accepting that that might not come and I'm just using it to, uh, reach out to like-minded people and possibly just, you know, like I said, be, have, a, a therapeutic outlet. So the actor strike has ended, uh, SAG after it got a deal done. Hell yeah. I didn't look up the specifics of the deal. I saw a little bit, but I kind of glossed over it and it didn't retain in my head. I'm happy Fran got the deal done. She's fierce. I look up to that woman now. And uh, now projects I, I was excited for can finally come out and be talked about. Though I don't really care about them being talked about. I just, if I'm excited for it, I want to see it. Uh, I did see that IGN reported, I mean, IGN reports things all day. They even bring up old news sometimes that recycle into the ether. But they were talking about Taika Waititi's Star Wars film or something he said. And uh, I guess what they report is that Taika Waititi doesn't want to rush his Star Wars movie. It's stated in an article that Taika thinks uh, it might not be released until after he's finished with uh, other projects or four other projects currently being worked on. It seems like everyone is prioritizing their other projects over Star Wars. Uh, I'm glad everyone's getting work. You know, that's cool. It seems like directors Lucasfilm like to hire these days have a handful of stuff and it causes their projects for Star Wars to be put on hold only to end up lost in the shuffle. I think the episode he directed for Mandalorian was really well done. I am a bit worried for what a feature Taika film in Star Wars universe could be like. I think for new projects outside of the Skywalker saga, what I guess Lucasfilm and Disney call the Skywalker saga, uh, I, I think it fit filmmakers like Ryan Johnson's in, in, 
in the Taika Waititi's. You know, it's a shame that Ryan Johnson had to follow a movie in the normal saga. I think he would ex- excel in a more original uh, atmosphere that wasn't following other stuff. Though I-, I think his attempt was good. It wasn't what he could do if he was making up his own characters and and starting off with his own thing, if that makes sense to anybody. But I'm going to try my best to hold my judgment for whatever I see, for whenever I see the Taika Waititi Star Wars movie. You know, I'm sure there's a lot of other movie news out there I could talk about, but, you know, or entertainment news and and stuff like that. But there's so much of it, you know, and, and TikTok and uh, Facebook and and all that, like people see it every day. So sometimes I see it doesn't retain. I want to talk about it. I forget to write it down. I'm sure you've seen it. I'm sure you'll have your own opinions. So if I don't talk about it or get to it, I mean it's whatever. I did see the Marvels though. I went to the theaters to see the Marvels with my friend Stephen. Uh, I like this movie. I'm going to try to talk about it with no spoilers, so I'm going to be short about a lot of things I say. I won't go on and on about it, or I, I won't break down scenes or anything like that. I'm just going to try to go over it in case you want to go see it yourself, or uh, you want to wait for it or something. And, and if you have seen it, um, you know, maybe in the future I can break it down or, or something more to the degree of what I like scene by scene and what I didn't like and things like that. You know, it wasn't the greatest thing ever. It wasn't like an epic. It wasn't as good as like Iron Man 1 to me uh or some people really like Doctor Strange. It, it wasn't spectacular, I guess. It it was very enjoyable to me. It was fun and it was entertaining. I had fun watching it. I even bought the uh AMC Cat and the Egg thing it's like a open you open the egg and the cat comes out and the cat is a cup and then you can put popcorn in the egg and as soon as i bought it i opened it and i put a drink in the cat and i put my popcorn in the egg and you damn right i ate and drank out of that thing watching the movie maybe that's why it was so much fun for me i don't know maybe i made it fun aman Vellani uh is a gem she's fresh Miss Marvel episode one is still some great shit and haters be warned because I think it was awesome. Episode one. Episode two was pretty good. The rest of the show, I'm a little iffy on. It lost me a little bit after episode three, but I really liked episode one. I think that is some great stuff. I talk about it all the time. I probably mentioned it last week and the week before. Who knows? Uh, Monica Rambeau's Bay. That's right. Honestly, Tayana Paris and Kamala Khan stole the show for me. They were the light of this movie. I'm not taking anything away from Brie Larson. I think Brie Larson steps up in this movie more so than she did in the first one. But I think the highlight for me of this movie are Monica Rambeau and Miss Marvel. The mid credit scene did blow my mind. It was pretty awesome to see, even if it's just a tease. I grew up with this stuff, so it was... Oh my god, it was, I geeked out. I got pretty excited. Uh, I will say going mostly CGI with the character in the mid credit scene irritates me though. 
That's a big no-no. It's going to be hard to get used to, I guess. Uh, there is no end credit scene. It's only a mid credit scene. I'd probably give the Marvels a, like a 7.5 out of 10. Uh, that, that's what I give it. Um, you could possibly wait for it to come out on Disney Plus unless you're a big Marvel MCU fan or you're, you're, you normally go to the movies in general. Like I said, it's fun. It's entertaining. It was worth the money for me to see. Uh, but I can see it not being a necessary movie to go into the theaters to watch. If you, uh, you know, are very, if that, if the movie theaters aren't your thing, right? If you're not going a lot or going all the time, like me, then I, I can see you waiting on it. Though supporting women in film and heroes for girls of color is necessary. I will say that. Oh, speaking of Paramount Plus, I keep seeing the Frasier ad on the homepage and I guess he has a son. Did he have a son in the original? I don't know. I know he's from Cheers. I watched a little bit of Cheers. I tried to get into it. It was fun to watch, but it didn't stick with me. I wasn't like, I gotta finish Cheers. Anyway, back to what I really wanted to talk about this episode, uh, besides seeing Miss Marvel and, you know, thinking it was fun and I had a good time seeing it. Let me get into this. At the beginning of this podcast journey uh, in Get Super, I, I, I did look back at some tough times and I started to take a lot of accountability. I had a, the first episode, I had a big thing of taking accountability for a lot of stuff I had on my chest for two years. And I talked about how it's challenging, but it's also very necessary. As an overthinker myself, you know, someone who struggles with self-confidence, depression, anxiety, uh, I'm always thinking about what I could have done or, or I guess, yeah, I'm always thinking about what I could have done better in life. Uh, meaning there's a lot more I wish to open up about and take accountability for, but I know at this time I have to just roll with the punches and, you know, just move on from a lot of things. It's hard for me, but I know I have to, I have to just swallow it. Um, just know I'm always demanding better of myself. Uh, I am very open to criticism. I just don't take it well. I don't know if that's an oxymoron or not, but, uh, once I've gotten that feedback, I, I do try to improve and change and, and life is full of changes and, um, criticism from people we look up to can be healthy. It can be depending on what that criticism looks like. And if you know, it's meant well and is it's productive. I think I already talked about this, but during tough conversations or arguments or debates, I think I become a bit defensive or I can be very defensive because in the moment I want to protect myself from others. I was always considered too soft or, or too sensitive or, or whatever when, you know, when I get very emotional and emotions are not easily regulated normally. You know, you, you, you kind of, when your emotions aren't easily regulated normally, you're quick to act in the same ways others do to either show them what they're doing, or you're just trying to protect yourself from what the other person is doing. I, I think that's pretty normal, even though it, it can be toxic and, and not the right thing to do in the moment. Uh, I hope it makes sense. I, I hope this, you're, you're picking up what I'm putting down. 
like I said, I think we all do it. And I don't want anybody to think that I'm trying to make excuses for myself. I, I think what I'm talking about is in general, I'm I'm expressing how I don't regulate emotions normally. And when I get emotional, um, it tends to uh, not come off very well. Uh, and I'll get there. J- just stay with me. And not to really harp on this again, but that is a challenging thing to overcome. But I think you have to always be open to the criticism and willing to adapt and change, especially to protecting yourself in, in the right moments. I've always admired people who are confident in themselves, that they, they know how to protect themselves properly from things they deem not productive. Um, proper boundaries. People that are willing to be alone or do things on their own in order to keep themselves balanced. Uh, I admire that. I look up to that. You know, these type of people are usually the ones who are very straightforward or to the point. And I'm very attracted to that for sure. Uh, Sometimes these people can come off mean or harsh. I've dealt with it. I've dealt with people like this. Uh, But I don't think it's intentional. At least I believe it's not intentional. Maybe sometimes with certain individuals, but everyone I've known who was like this, I don't think meant harm. Uh, especially thinking about it after the fact. Um, and it's hard to take back the way you reacted afterwards. You know, you, you just have to be a better individual, I guess, to kind of gain their trust or, uh, gain, yeah, gain their trust back. You know, these, these people are protective of themselves. And I think I've always tried to copy that. And I think I've tried to copy that the worst times. Uh, I think part of those who do that well is is learning to regulate your feelings and emotions, which I talked about last week. And, you know, I've always looked up to the women I dated because they they were very good at this. They knew what they want and they knew what they didn't want. They were always able to set the right boundaries or set boundaries right their way, even when it didn't come with communication or the proper communication, which you you always need communication, but I still could have respected their boundaries better because of how much I admired the way they operated. But because I've been told I'm too sensitive and and I felt feminine about this in most of my relationships where the the woman I was seeing seemed to step up into a more masculine role or, or wanted I don't know, maybe they wanted a more masculine man. You know, I've always acknowledged my my feminine qualities, and I think though it doesn't matter, you can always embrace those qualities about yourself as being feminine in a positive way. I've always been an emotional person, sometimes more so than the partners I've had. Um, I know it, it to others, it, it it's made me look weak, and because of that, I, I have felt weak. Um, like I do miss calling, let me be open about this. Okay. I'm, I've been lonely and, um, it has sucked and I feel like I've been missing out a lot because I'm by myself and, and I do miss calling someone babe. Well, if if I can be open and vulnerable, I guess I miss calling one person babe. Okay. I miss calling a certain someone babe. And in a way I feel like saying that. Uh, people are going to think 
I'm weak, or because I feel that way that I'm weak, uh, or there's something wrong with me. Look, I, I still struggle with losing someone I really wanted to be with. It depresses me all the time. It still hurts to think about, and I know I only have myself to blame as I tried to take accountability before, but because I'm not super over it like I want to be, or or I guess how they got over it quick, or whatever the however you want to say it. Uh, I look weak, no matter what. Um, first off, people shouldn't tell you when and how to move on, but help you move on if they're your friends or whatever, family. Secondly, all of this has made me feel ashamed of who I was. Being more feminine, being um, taking longer to get over things, not being able to protect myself properly, or overthinking, you know, being an overthinker. I just have always felt bad about this stuff. Um, and, and this is going to be, I don't know, shocking or eye-opening to some people. Um, but I'm going to be very vulnerable and honest with you. Lately, since the beginning of the year, I started thinking maybe I should embrace these feminine qualities more. My more sensitive self. My, uh, I, I should mesh my feminine, feminine side with my masculine qualities together as one. You know, so this w is going to be weird, I guess, to some people. But I, I changed my pronouns. I come to this conclusion. Uh, but I'm changing my pronouns to they, them for anyone new entering my life. You know, I never felt the need to share my gender when that question was asked on paper or whenever it came up anywhere. Uh, I always felt it didn't matter. Kind of like, all right, whatever. From five to 11, you know, I lived a majority of my, those days or, uh, or the, of the week with a single parent. You know, my mother was in her twenties at the time. Um, still experiencing life. So my brother and I did a lot of things with her. You know, we, we painted our nails. Uh, we helped my mother pick out nail designs at the nail salon, things that would be considered very feminine. Um, we were with her when she went out, like when she went to the tanning bed or tanning salon, whatever it's called, uh, when she got her hair cut, you know, uh, when she shopped for clothes, we helped her pick out clothes. Um, we did that stuff with her. Uh, we wore the choker chains because they were in in the 90s with, you know, people my mother's age uh, or even girls. Uh, it was just it just felt like the in thing. So I guess we wore them, too. Uh, we wore the ankle bracelets, too. Those stretchy ones. We had those cool, long toe socks. As a kid, I thought they were cool. But I found out, I guess, later that mostly girls wore them. I don't know. They're still cool to me. They were comfy. So I, I feel justified in accepting my feminine traits. You know, the he, him as my pronouns uh, for myself doesn't bother me as much because I, I lived a majority of my life as that, you know, as a boy, as a man. And I never found the manly man thing appealing. I just want to say that, you know, I'm a crier. I'm, I'm emotional. I'm passionate. The way I provide is through passion and caring and not the need to be a man or, um, I guess, to financially be the head of the, the household. I'm willing to accept a lower financial uh, position in, the, in a relationship or the family because it doesn't matter to me. 
I am a people pleaser. I want to be there for people in ways that's super supportive. You know, you, you experiment with stuff. More conservative people wouldn't like boys trying. And I feel like I have to embrace a level of flamboyancy. Because I've always accepted that. Plus, I've watched wrestling my whole life. Flamboyancy and wrestling go hand in hand. You know, my dad also taught us that it's okay to show emotions and be sad and cry. And I've seen him upset a lot. I've seen my parents, every emotional emotion imaginable, whether it was right or wrong. And sometimes that's traumatic as a kid. I've seen them upset. So my new pronouns for new people who are open to it are going to be they, them. This is something... You know, I'm I'm still process processing. I'm still in the process of thinking about, you know, being non-binary. It it it's confusing, but you know, I I'm sure it's confusing for my family. You know, when I first talked about it or even mentioning it now, it's tough to bring up to a lot of people in my family or or people in general. Um it's not an easy thing, I guess, to people who are like I said not really open to change. My brother and I don't talk right now, and we got into a big argument, and he, you know, called me gay, and you're just confused, and all this shit around this thing that I opened up about before, um, and uh, it opened my eyes to, you know, how being around certain people can be, can influence you, and... Um, I think claiming this or, or identifying as this, it doesn't specify that I like men or that I'm gay. Um, this has nothing to do with who I'm attracted to, um, can say that they're, they're handsome or they're cute or whatever. You know, I, I'm open to that, but I'm not, you know, I'm not like physically attracted to men, I guess. Like, I'm not like... I guess I can acknowledge when they're attractive. I can see it when they're attractive. I just, uh, it doesn't, that's not like, it's not something I'm, I'm really uh, in pursuit of, I guess. I, I'm still very attracted to women. I still want to date women. I still want to have a girlfriend. I just want to uh, identify more with both my qualities versus uh, one or the other. If that makes sense. Uh, Like I said, I'm still processing it, but I think I probably will mostly struggle on the decision with it for a while because I've been a he, him my whole life. And, you know, we've been raised in a society to view ourselves as this or that. And um, like I said, I want to embrace my other sides of myself more, you know, and obviously I got the parts of a boy too. So um, I can't run from that. I guess. But I guess that shouldn't matter in us being ourselves and being more than just what we're told. Um, I also have ADHD, so I may just forget about uh, this until like next week. You know, I may I may forget to mention it to somebody like, hey, I'm they, them now, or I'm non-binary. I might just be excited to hang out with somebody and forget all that. Or, you know, my, my friend Nick, he's non-binary. He goes they, them. Um, and I feel bad sometimes calling him he or, you know, uh, my brother and stuff because it, it's 
challenging to kind of change your vocabulary, right? Even though you should, and I do apologize, and and then I, I'm more, I guess, they and them, and, and you know, I, I'm I'm more, I fix my vocabulary, I should say, but I, you know, in processing and being open with this, hopefully I can keep myself uh, recognizing I'm more than meets the eye. Huh? Huh? How about that for a Transformer reference? And in closing, I just want to say, recognizing our emotions and analyzing them in the moments that challenge us is hard, and it takes work. But learning to prioritize self-care means regulating your emotions uh, and learning to prioritize you know, taking care of yourself and being more self-confident is natural. And that is also difficult. But while creating boundaries in most situations that aren't easy, we all deserve to respect and love ourselves. And uh, if you're one of my friends, I hope you're doing well. I hope everyone is happy. Um, Much love to you all. And Please keep doing the things you love and continue to always be you. I also want to add, um, remember you can always be both. You can be healing. You can also be hurting. You can be soft, but you can be strong. There's lightness and there's darkness in all of us. It's human qualities. You can be independent and you can also need support from others. You can be adult and you can be a childlike. You can be a masterpiece, and you can be a work in progress. You can be loved, and you can be lonely. And I think that when you love people in general, you love every part of them. You love them because you think that they're perfect, but you also love them because they're, I guess, not perfect in a way. Like, they're imperfect. You love them for their darkness. You love them for being a work in progress. But because of that, because of who they are, they're still a masterpiece. It's like seeing an art piece and it may be a mess. It may be all over the place. It's abstract, but it's still beautiful to you. Anyway, I was trying to bring a lot of things I was bringing up and and make it come full circle with me uh, revealing, you know, the they them pronouns I'm going to be using and and opening up about that sort of thing to you guys and how I feel. Uh, so I hope it makes sense. I hope you stayed with me. I hope you're not going to stop listening because of it. And I hope maybe uh, this helps you open up and be more vulnerable to people in your life or in general with whatever platform you have. Anyway, like I said, I love you guys. Don't just get super continue to be super and i'll see you guys next week or you'll hear me next week i won't see you i mean i i I don't know maybe maybe i'll see you next week i don't know who are you only you can answer that question my mama told me when i was young we're all on superstars she rolled my hair put my lipstick on in a glass of her boudoir there's nothing wrong with loving who you are, she said, cause it made you perfect, babe. So hold your head up, girl, and you'll go far. Listen to me when 
Don't be a drag, just be a queen. Don't be a drag, just be a queen. Give yourself prudence and love your friends so we can rejoice the truth. In the religion of the insecure, I must be myself, respect my youth. Oh, this is not a sin, believe capital H. Oh, oh. 